Welcome to Gen Z Girlies, the podcast designed specifically for Gen Z women and non-binary folk. This is the place where you can grow your confidence and learn about how to build careers and lives that you'll love. Here you can join a community where we sit down with other Gen Zers who are leveraging their interests and talents to make waves. I'm Maddie Baldwin, your host, your biggest supporter, and your advocate that whatever you can dream, you can do. And this, this is Gen Z Girlies. Hey, Gen Z girlies, it's Maddie Baldwin here with another episode. We are really excited today to be talking to our special guest, who I'll have her introduce herself in just a minute. But I personally, I was telling her just right before we started recording, I'm honestly just personally excited to hear about everything that she's been doing in her life. Um, I see her Instagram and I just think it looks amazing and honestly, definitely a career and life that I look up to. So, Really excited to get into that conversation for sure. I think we have a really, really great episode ahead of us, but I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself. Um, So if you just want to like tell us your name and maybe I guess like a little like what you do, maybe like what's your title, but also in your own words, what does that actually like involve or anything on the side that you're doing as well? For sure. Also, thank you for the sweetest introduction. That means so much to me. <laughs> so thank <laughs> you course. for that. Yeah. So my name is Hannah Barlow. Um, I'm a freelance filmmaker, and I also work at a like vintage boutique cinema rental house um, here in LA. So I just recently moved, what, two months ago now um, to LA, and decided to really make a career out of filmmaking and all that that involves, all that that entails. It's a roller coaster. It's been a ride, but we're here now and we're figuring it out. <laughs> so, Yeah, no, that's so impressive. Um, So, and you said you just, how long ago was it again that you said you just moved to LA? Like pretty recently, right? Yeah, two months ago. So I okay. actually spent my summer working on a feature film that was filming in Kentucky out of all the places. Okay. And yeah. Right after we wrapped, I packed up my life in a week, traveled across the country with my family. They were so kind to help me out um, with the whole moving process and um, found my home in Glendale, which is like a Northeast city in Los Angeles. And that's where I'm at now. And I, I absolutely love it. It's been great. Yeah, no, I am for sure. I'm one to know too. moving your whole life in order to pursue something that's like such a big step and so impressive yeah. that you're also doing that. Yeah. And um, I hope that you've been liking it so far. I know like two months is like still kind of the figuring out your people, like where you're at kind of totally. phase, but also, yeah, but also I feel like the fun phase, you know, cause you only get to be new somewhere once. So like, that's always great right. as well. I feel. Well, yeah. Yeah. You only get to be like a 20 something in LA once too, right? Exactly. So, there is that. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. That Lots definitely to adds to it. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I said, know that you said that you're doing freelance filmmaking. Um, So, I mean, I know that I think when people probably hear that, they have an idea of what that conjures in their mind when they think filmmaker. But when you when you think it for like what you feel like it is, 
what does that really encompass for you? Like, what does it mean to you to be a filmmaker? That's a really good question. And I, I do use the term filmmaker on purpose because it mm-hmm. it's kind of broad. You're right. Like that conjures up all sorts of things in someone's mind when you hear a filmmaker. It's like, oh, what? that's kind of generic. Like, what is that? Um, so right. to me, I use that term because I'm, I'm still figuring it out, right? Um, I'm right, still learning my craft. And I ultimately want to direct. I, I want to be a storyteller. I want to be someone that can bring images and stories to life on screen. But right now, I'm, I'm still figuring it all out. I, I primarily have been working actually in the camera department as a freelance filmmaker. Very cool. So, yeah, that's a completely different world from directing. And it, it's really awesome because it's, it's helped me learn and grow, technically speaking. Um, I've never been a super tech savvy person. So working in the camera department and learning like, oh, this is how many f-stops were, okay, yeah, now we're going to go down to this frame rate. And how about we pick this lens and this focal length? Like, all of those words mean nothing <laughs> until you're actually in the department <laughs> learning. And it's it's been great. It's been wonderful. And it's really, it's really helped me learn. But in a word, yeah, filmmaking, it's kind of generic, but it's really just a process of me figuring out what space I belong in. Um, in the movie making industry. Yeah, I mean, that I think that's a great description. And honestly, so humble as well, because I know like, like a little bit from personal experience, but I mean, definitely not as much as you but that to get to where you're at takes more than just figuring it out. It also takes some talent and some skill. Um, So I think that you're being pretty humble as well. But that's a great way to put it. And that's exciting to like, just kind of hear about, I guess, what that means to you exactly. Um, So I know that you said that you're really wanting to direct coming up like in the future. And like, that's kind of your end goal. Have you always known that you wanted to direct? Or what did your kind of your journey of becoming a filmmaker look like for you? And how did you get to where you're at now? Like, what is that story? Like, maybe that story in a nutshell. What does that look like? I know that's probably like a huge, oh, we could talk yeah. for hours about that. But yeah, <laughs> what would sure. that be for you? <laughs> no, this is actually, I love telling this story because it's it's just a great insight on how nerdy I am, honestly. Um, so I first figured out that I wanted to get into filmmaking at probably like 12 to 15 years old. I had read the Lord of the Rings and I okay, classic. Yes. I was yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huge nerd. Huge Lord <laughs> of the Rings nerd. No, I and love I actually, that. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. No, they're, they're wonderful. They're so well done. Yeah. But I, I actually didn't want to watch the movies um, because I'd never seen a really great book to film adaptation. And I loved the book series so much. Yeah, I was nervous. I was like, I don't, I don't want it to ruin it. You know, I don't, I don't want to watch the movies and have it it ruin how good the books were. And then I watched the movies and they were amazing. They did such a great job. Peter Jackson, who directed those films, he did such a great job bringing Tolkien's world to life. And something about that, watching all the behind the scenes, the commentary, the special extended edition, like, I was in deep, Maddie. <laughs> I was in so deep. But I, I, I love that. everything. I was like, that's that's what I want to do. I want to do something like that. That's amazing. Mm. So 15 years old, 
I took a chapter from the Fellowship of the Ring called In the House of Tom Bombadil, and I rewrote it into a fan film where, like, like that's all it was honestly i just i just rewrote it and i got Amazing. all my friends together and i was like guys we're gonna film this and it's gonna be great um and i had a really dear friend like a dear family friend who now he is a professional cinematographer and he he was at the time too he had a whole steady cam rig and everything um and he came in and he's like all right let's storyboard this and you know i'm 15 years old and i'm sitting there like what is storyboarding? Yeah, okay, yeah, this this is what we're doing. This is awesome. Um, and in a way, I was honestly just kind of thrown to the wolves with just, okay, like, we're going to do this, and I'm going to direct it, and it's going to be awesome. And it was. I, I loved it. It was amazing. And I knew while we were filming it and after we wrapped and, of course, edited it and then threw it on YouTube however many months later, Um, I just had such a sense of pride and accomplishment, creating something that other people would enjoy and always have to look back on. That's the really cool thing about film. Like, it's not going anywhere. It's always going to exist. And people can always come back and watch it and enjoy it, hopefully, or, you know, get something from it. So something about that experience, it just opened my eyes to the world of filmmaking and really at a very young age, that's what I decided I wanted to do with my life. Um, And shortly after that, I found Asbury University, which I know you went to as well. Yes, Um, yes, it's a good connector. (laughs) Good times, good times, yes. Good times, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, so I I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go here, I'll check this out, I'll see where this goes, and the rest is history, I suppose. I think that's like such a great story though of just at 15 like you already kind of like had a path that you were going on and I feel like those are such the cool stories because I feel like what I've been finding recently too is I guess like I mean this is probably like you know there's different sides to this too but I feel like so much of adulthood is just coming back to the things that we loved as like children and young adult you know yeah and it's just like not yeah exactly and like not feeling like embarrassed or like awkward about it anymore but it's actually like oh Oh. what I was passionate about then I can do now but I can also just do it in like an even bigger and better way so I feel like that's such always like a cool realization um at least that I feel like I've also been having in my life recently yeah really no tell me about that I want to hear more yeah I mean just for me I mean so just having started this like program that I'm doing right now um with like moving to Dublin it's I think always it's just kind of fulfilling a lot of things I always knew that I loved to do um but didn't really know exactly how I wanted to do them so that's been great for me as well on my end um but yeah so I totally hear what you're saying though about having like a story of getting there is so great um So do you feel like in your journey to get where you are now, have there been any, um, I guess, like stumbling blocks that you've really felt like you've kind of run into on your way, um, I guess on the way. And then also for just like where you're at now, like in your job, like what are the hard parts about your job or also the good parts, but, um, what do you feel like someone would have to like really get through to really 
do well. Yeah. Like taking that journey to the film industry. (laughs) Yeah. And I know there's probably a lot, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, everybody's journey will be different and everyone will have their own personal struggles to overcome. Of course. Yeah. For me, I think it's, it's kind of weird to say, but one of the things that I've struggled with is figuring out, am I in this room because I'm talented or am I in this room because I'm a woman? Hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. That sounds that sounds really weird to say, but let me explain. Um, so after graduating in 2020, pandemic, nothing was nothing was happening. Nothing was going on. Nothing. Absolutely um, nothing was happening. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. No nothing. Film, no anything. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a dark life. time. Yeah. <laughs> For all of us, we're just like, hmm, okay, cool, graduated and nothing, cool. Okay. Uh, fast forward about six months, a year after peak COVID pandemic season, I saw a post on Instagram um, by a very talented up and coming DP named Nico Aguilar. And he was mm-hmm. looking for a camera intern in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from. So I applied for the job. I ended up getting it and it was for a 21 pilots live stream concert experience which was wild very and cool amazing. that's wild that's yes. really really cool yeah absolutely it was it was so cool it was so amazing and I could talk about that forever um because it was really like my first professional job I'd say in mm-hmm. in the film world and just working with all these professionals was amazing but there was a time I remember I was I was the only girl like on the team. <laughs> right. I remember we all went out for drinks later and a lot of the guys were just kind of teasing me as I left the bar that, you know, the only reason I got the job was because I was a young, attractive blonde chick. Mm. And they were joking, of course, but that kind of stuff really makes you stop and think. And absolutely it makes yeah. you wonder. Yeah, like, why Why am I in this room? Why did I get selected for this job? I thought it was because I was qualified. And obviously it was, but some of the times you just, you can't ignore that as a woman, that there is this weird dynamic that most people in the film industry are men or male-identifying people. And you got to be careful sometimes because there's definitely a toxic track record in Hollywood of exploiting women. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, yeah, slightly different. But so like, I obviously am not working in the film industry now. Um, but I did do reality for like a little bit. And then before that, a couple other things just because as I was in university and leaving university too. And honestly, that was one of the reasons like, personally, I decided not to continue was just that I felt yeah. like I had an like, so, probably, probably more than most people, but I had like a couple of just like not good experiences on sets of like being the only woman and I mean I could have pushed through but at the time and I think it was realizing also for me that probably film wasn't going to be like my final point um because I loved studying Mm. it loved doing it um but I didn't I came to the conclusion that personally I was like I don't know if I love it enough to do this every day you know (laughs) yes yeah yeah so like I loved it a lot but I think I loved other things more but yeah no so I mean that's slightly different experience but 
it is definitely kind of can be a hard culture sometimes I think on sets absolutely especially for women I think can be very difficult yeah for sure it's a weird very weird culture to break into for sure um but I will say just speaking to you and speaking to other Gen Z girlies um don't don't let that diminish your femininity or you know however you define your womanhood because there are so many ways you can go about reacting to those kinds of interactions and sometimes leaving that space is what's best and that's what you have to do um some people will have these kinds of experiences that are negative and choose to sort of retreat and stand out less or just diminish themselves less or diminish themselves more rather to be less than so that they're not occupying this masculine space and I would encourage you not to do that I in fact the one instance that I had on that set where I felt like oh gosh am I here because I'm you know a woman because I'm pretty am I the token camera girl like is that it I I remember processing that being upset about it and then deciding the very next day I don't care I'm gonna do my hair I'm gonna do my makeup I'm gonna look cute you know still tactical gear on set but I'm I'm (laughs) but yeah I'm (laughs) yeah I'm leaning into this I don't have to back off from from who I am or how I present just to make absolutely yeah and I mean (laughs) and honestly I feel like that's the most like badass thing that you could do and like the best response you could take is just to lean into yourself more and be like yeah well I'm gonna be here anyways so you can say what you want but I am gonna do yeah that's what you gotta do and there are more and more every day more females coming into the space and it's just like great yes do that please (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah so I think along those lines so for those um, women or like non-binary individuals who are starting to get into the industry or maybe just interested in it, what advice would you give them to, like, if you were going to start all over again, essentially, like, what would you tell someone to, oh, I should have done this, or here's the best way to get into the industry, or you need to know this? Like, what would your advice be to someone who's really interested in getting into that field? That's a really good question. Um I would say, first of all, find someone that you look up to that's in the industry and and just reach out to them. Have a conversation. Mm. I've found that that's personally helped me a lot. I got in contact with a wonderful female director and just I just messaged her on Instagram, right? Like I, I had no real connection to her, but I messaged her and I said, hey, I'm trying to get into this and I was wondering if you'd be open to a phone call and just just talking Um, and she was so for it she was absolutely beyond supportive of the idea and I think that's a really great first step for anyone getting into the industry but especially um, us in the minority to just find someone else who's already Mm -hmm. done it and they will usually be happy to give you advice and to pour into you and really just kind of mentor you into the journey of of the filmmaking industry. That's my first piece of advice for sure. (laughs) No, I think that's a great one. And I think just also, I think there's this notion sometimes that 
And I think especially, you know, like the word like gatekeeping has kind of just popped up in popularity. But I think sometimes there is this idea that no one wants to help you or you really have to fight your way through. And I think, well, sometimes there is parts of that that are true, but that a lot of times people do want to help and that if you reach out, a lot of times they'll be there for you and definitely willing to help. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a great piece of advice. So I think for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I also, I got a piece of advice that was really, um, really great. I, through the university, Asbury University that we attended, um, we got the opportunity to go to the 2019 Oscars panel um, for production design and editing guilds. So that was my first time in LA, my first experience with, with all of that. And of course, I fell in love with it. But I, I ran into the one of the gentlemen who ended up winning the Oscar for, for best editing that year, Michael McCusker, and he co-edited Ford versus Ferrari. And I ran into right. a super nice, very soft-spoken guy. And I, I asked him, I said, hey, can I ask you for advice? If, if you had to give a piece of advice to yourself, your 22 year old self because I think that's how old I was at the time um you know what would it be and he just stopped and he said don't rush do everything else that you've ever wanted to do before walking on set because if that's what you want to do with your life if you want to be a storyteller if you want to be a filmmaker you have to experience life first and then and only then can you really pour everything that you have into your art, into your craft. Um, And he also said, another piece of advice that I'll share with you, just be a likable person. Um, You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the most talented, but if you're hardworking and charismatic, you can get onto about any set. It's, It's really that simple half the time, it is. If you just know somebody, if you can just be nice, if you can be a hard worker, <laughs> other mistakes that you make will be forgiven. And I, I don't think people realize that, you know, they think they have to be at a certain level. They have to have so many films under their belt. They have to have directed this and this and that. But no, that's not true. <laughs> not really. But you can totally get in if you, yeah, just kind of embody those things. I think that's great advice, Absolutely. actually, just for everyone. Yeah. And I think I think sometimes the best advice, and I think that this kind of falls under it too, is simple advice. Like, I don't think anything you're saying is necessarily too hard to implement either. It doesn't take a lot of skill. Right. You just you be charismatic, be hardworking, reach out to people. Like, don't rush. Yeah. Like, that's easy. People can do that. Yeah, if you're interested. I think that's great. That's yeah. Very achievable. Yeah. <laughs> very achievable. Yeah. So, with this path that people might be wanting to take that you've done very similarly, I think sometimes also there's really this interest that kind of comes along with film sets and jobs that are on it. It's like, what does like your day to day kind of look like for you? Like, how do you start? I know like there might be different, but like what would like the average or maybe even a not so average day look like for you? Yeah, girl, let me tell you. (laughs) Um, Okay, tell me, tell me. Filmmaking filmmaking is hard um it's not easy the hours suck um I will just tell you that I'll tell that to everyone um we do it because we love it um and maybe because we're exploited a little bit but (laughs) that's besides the point um so this summer for instance we'll keep that we'll keep that one in the back of our (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, just, sorry. we'll circle back to that. No, but this summer I I worked as a camera utility, a second AC, and an office PA on a film. That's highly unusual. Wow, okay. um, it was an, an indie feature, so okay, more okay. low budget. Everybody's wearing multiple hats. Um, but for those of you that, that maybe aren't as familiar, a camera utility or a second assistant is somebody who works on the camera team specifically. That is their world. And they, they run batteries. They help check monitors. They might slate, which is the whole like 22 alpha, take one, mark, and get off frame. And that's, that's the job. Um, so I did that. And then I also was an office PA or production assistant which okay. is super weird because that person is usually in the production office all day, printing papers, checking people's paperwork, making scripts, sides for the actors, for the crew. Um, definitely more more secretarial is, is a good way to think of it. Right, okay, right. Um, yeah, that's a good way, yeah. So, yeah, yes, highly unusual to be doing both at the same time. And there were definitely a lot of bumps in the road with that. But okay, I typically right. start my day, I would come in around 5.30 a.m. and I would go into the production office, flip open my computer, print off all of the sides for the cast and crew. Um, and then I would construct the sides, which are just like little mini scripts of what we're shooting that day with the call sheets on them, staple them together, pass them out to everyone. And then usually... I was done with that part of the office PA responsibilities for the morning. And I would immediately go on the set and start working with the camera, getting all the batteries out, making sure everything's charged, that we have enough media for the day. Um, and usually moving all of the monitors called Video Village somewhere new. Okay. <laughs> um, so that was very <laughs> physical labor, very heavy lifting. Um, but I loved it. It was a good time. You usually work cool. a 12-hour minimum day. So if someone's going to hire you to work on a film, you can count on 12-hour days every day, 12 at hours. least five days a week. Yes, at a minimum. Now, this, I is will say, this is giving me... <laughs> yeah, this is giving me so much... Well, nostalgia. Also, like, both yeah. good and bad memories of like being exhausted Right, like nostalgia sets, and also, anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All somehow they go together. It's like such a pleasant and awful feeling. It's yeah. like a toxic oh relationship. Yeah. I don't know. Because you have so <laughs> many good memories once you're there, but then it's like, you know, when you're getting yes. up at three AM, then it's then it's rough. Like why? <laughs> once you're on why it, it's am fine. I doing this? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't think I realized how crazy it was until someone asked me, they're like, Oh, so you're you're going into to set you're going on a set around three um when do you get right. out and I said well at least like 3 a.m if I start at 3 p.m then I get out at 3 a.m they're like oh my gosh it's crazy and I said yeah and they said oh when do you like take a lunch or do you get a break and I said no there's not really breaks we get a 30 minute lunch and they just quiet absolute silence they're like <laughs> what just cricket and it, it hit me. yeah it hit me how insane that is like we're working 12 hour days and we only get a 30 minute break that is insane there's there's it definitely something insane. wrong with that picture yeah. 
man honestly prop props to you all for that that it like sometimes kind of makes up for it it's a very fun job yeah for sure it is it is and you're you're really in the trenches with everyone so there's this kind of bond that happens where by the end of it you feel Mm -hmm. like a family you feel like you've put on this production you've poured all of your your energy your blood sweat and tears into it and you're so proud of what you've accomplished that you're just on this high for a solid week after and you don't even feel like you need to catch up on sleep um but you do because your body has been going at it for <laughs> five or eight weeks maybe um but that was that was Absolutely. my experience this summer yeah. and usually unfortunately i was working extra hours as a PA so I usually right. was working 16 to 18 hour days <laughs> not great I mean that's not, that's pretty insane yeah I'm glad that you've made it through and you're still yeah. alive <laughs> but definitely an accomplishment there for sure yeah definitely. and you did it and you got so, through yeah I mean that's the that's, good thing yeah that's what you guys have sure. to look forward to <laughs> if you want to work in, in I mean films, I think that like sounds exciting though for sure like if I think if you're loving it it, like that's what you want to do and that's great do you feel like so like during those like day-to-day moments for you or like what that looks like what what's like your favorite part of being on set or being a filmmaker um if you because I know that there's like there's hard parts there's fun parts but if you had to like narrow it down to like this is what I love about film what what would that be for you there's a moment, maybe every day, maybe multiple times a day, or maybe once a week, where you've been reading the script, you know the scene is coming, and whatever it is, you do the take, maybe you do three takes, and on the third one, you see in the monitor, and it's just perfect. And everybody in the room is is like, so energized and so ecstatic about the result and what they're seeing and you just know like we we got it we did it oh my gosh this is you know it gives people chills it makes them excited and then after the director yells cut everyone just cheers and it's such an adrenaline rush and there's so much good energy it's probably my favorite thing just to see something on the page come to life in front of you and and you're a part of it something you did made Absolutely. made that happen helped accomplish that it's it's such a phenomenal feeling I, I love it by far one of my favorite parts of, of being on set and just oh, being man. a filmmaker yeah absolutely I mean just hearing you talk about that it's making me want to <laughs> jump into a film and have that moment <laughs> yeah, as well yeah. like that just sounds so great <laughs> absolutely yes. yeah no it's awesome which yeah so I think when I'm like hearing like all like your crazy hours and like you loving it, but not getting enough sleep, but then it's crazy. Do you feel like, so like, how does it look like? And I don't know, maybe the answer is that you don't, but how does it look like to balance life with like a career in film? Like, do you feel like it's possible or like, is your life kind of become your job? Do you like it that way? Yeah. What does that look like for you? Just yeah, when you're talking about your career, but also looking at your social life and all that. Yeah. I love that question. Um, That's something I also love to ask other people, because everyone has a different way of dealing with absolutely work life, personal life, and and how they mesh together. Um, For me, thankfully, the sets that I've worked on thus far, really, they have been really great 
just producers, directors, um, cinematographers that genuinely care about their crew and about their cast. That's not always the case, but it's becoming more and more so a healthier environment, I'd say. We're working towards it. And every set I've worked on has... Yeah, because you hear the horror stories yeah. and it's like, oh gosh, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> and they're definitely still out there. They are. Um, so you have to be careful right. and you have to do your research. Um, always, always do your research when it comes to any kind of job that you're getting hired for. But no, thankfully, um, all of the films and commercials that I've worked on thus far have been really good about um, giving people enough time in between calls, that turnaround time to just go home and sleep. Um, good, and good. For me, I, I'd i say when I'm on a set, when I'm on like a long-term, say a, a narrative feature film, that's that's a long, longer span of time. That's usually three or four months maybe, if, you know, depends on shooting days. But for me, I balance my personal work life by making friends with people on set <laughs> honestly because Absolutely. you you might be anywhere in the world you know you you might not be close to home at all so it's not really an option for you to go home and spend time with your family or your loved ones or your own friends um you might just have to make friends with people on set and that's that's typically what i do so i always try to go out with the crew for drinks after like a week of shooting or I remember there was one time this summer where I convinced the whole camera crew to go horseback riding with me (laughs) I love that I love that yeah (laughs) it was great most of them had never been on a horse before so it was really fun um so yeah you just have to find outlets and sometimes it's really just after a long day of shooting you need to be alone you need to go back to your right. hotel room, go back to your Airbnb, watch some Netflix and not talk to anybody. And I definitely had nights like that too. Um, it's really knowing yourself and knowing what you need as a person to thrive in that kind of a, an intense work environment and, and being able to communicate that too. Um, I also, I got COVID for the first time this summer. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, not no, fun at yeah. all. would not recommend Um, but (laughs) I remember the day that I came back to set um, I I had to communicate like I am not functioning at 100% I'm not anywhere close to that I'm maybe at 75% Um, and that's you can't help that things will happen to you in your personal life you might get sick something might happen you might get bad news if the production is a good one they will meet you where you're at and say, hey, don't worry about it. You know, we understand this happens. And thankfully, that's been my experience. It's not always, which is really unfortunate. Um, But really, when it comes to balancing personal and work life, I'd say it's different for everybody. You you just really have to know yourself to know your needs and, and what you have to do to make things work. That makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. That definitely makes sense. And I think just going off of that kind of a question that a little bit out of the blue but I just think is interesting too is do you feel like you've had a hard time knowing yourself like throughout the film industry or do you feel like you are personally like able to keep like a pretty good sense of self through things or 
you feel like sometimes it fluctuates and is there a way you deal with that? Um, just going through work and life in general, which I know there's like a lot that can go into that question, but yeah. Sure. No, I think that's a great question. Um, I feel like me as Hannah Barlow, I've, I've always had a really solid sense of self. Um, really thankful for that. Not entirely sure mm-hmm. where that came from, but for me personally, I, I haven't had a lot of struggles with, with my identity, but there's definitely imposter syndrome that will creep up. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. My, my first time going on a commercial, being a second AC, uh, which again is the person who does the, the clapper and they're like assistant to the camera. They, um, I got that job off of Instagram. Somehow I've gotten all of my Amazing. jobs off of Instagram. Don't know what that's about. <laughs> Stay on Instagram, <laughs> I guess. Uh, no, but I, um, a producer reached out to me and said, hey, so-and-so recommended you for this job. Do you think you can do it? Uh, we're shooting a Nike commercial in Albuquerque. Um, you have until tonight to decide because we'll have to fly you out tomorrow. And I thought to myself, I've never been a second AC. I'm not a camera person. Like, I have absolutely no right walking onto a professional Nike commercial shoot and saying, yes, I'm here to do the thing. Absolutely, hire me. Um, but the, the cinematographer said, no, I think you'd be fine. You should do it. Um, all of my friends said, Hannah, are you crazy? You have to say yes. This is, this is an opportunity. Like, you have to do it. My parents, I remember they were so supportive. My dad, he he was trying to talk me out of my nervousness. He's like, Hannah, what's the worst thing that can happen? If you walk on this set and you absolutely fail and you have no idea what's going to happen, what really, what's the worst outcome here? Um, and I thought it through and I was like, well, I, I fail, you know, and that makes me feel insecure about myself, failure. He's like, oh, okay, so then what? You just try it again. You tried. At least you tried. I was like, okay, that's that's valid, Dad. Good point. <laughs> um, but I, I really was. I was sick to my stomach for, for the couple days leading up to that. Uh, but I said yes, and I did it. And wow. it was perfectly fine, Maddie. It was so easy. Yeah. I don't know why I was freaking out about it. But there is that kind of insecurity, I think, that that does creep into your mind. Um, maybe being around an industry that is so heavily male dominated, they they yeah. have the audacity, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> they have the audacity right. to do yes. whatever they need to do, um, even if they're not qualified. So I told myself, I need to find the audacity and I need to do this job because I am qualified. Absolutely. And even if I'm not, fake it till you make it. And sometimes, honestly, you just have to do that. You just have to fake that yeah. confidence and it'll all work out. And it did. It was great. I loved it. I had a great time. And they ended up bringing me on to another commercial in Oregon. And it wasn't a problem at all. But sometimes you really are your own worst enemy. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that that is actually a great point. I think that imposter syndrome, it's like such a thing just for a lot of people, just like throughout the world. And I like <laughs> what you said about men having the audacity is that's me. I had to realize too, is that 
like even in like sometimes like the work things I do like I would just like notice that men would just say things that were just like wrong or like would just like do something and they would be fine and they believe it like I would be like yeah yes and they believe it and so then I just like started to realize or like even with like applying to jobs I can't remember the statistic exactly but I feel like I can't remember so this is don't quote me on this but I'm pretty sure it was like 80 percent of men apply for jobs that they're not qualified for versus like yeah I think it's like 20 percent of women or something that like actually like read the qualifications and only apply if they're qualified and honestly when I read that I started like applying to jobs I was like well I don't have five years of experience in this field but I think I can do it so I'm gonna jump in and we'll see like we'll let them decide we won't like I think taking also like the responsibility off of yourself to pick it up as well and be like sometimes I can just try and you never know like let's see what happens yeah it's definitely a big thing you you have to do it it's such a weird societal thing but you've got to put yourself in the game because no one's going to do it absolutely absolutely so so (laughs) yeah no and it sounds like just with what you've worked on that you've been I mean at least to me it sounds like you've been like pretty successful in your career so far and are kind of moving up how do you define success do you think like I mean this is kind of a deep question but do you feel like you've been successful like in your career so far are there things that you've wished you've done differently would you take the same path even if you were starting over Mm -hmm. right now would you do the same thing or what does that look like for you right yeah so for me I I don't believe in regret meaning Mm. you can't change the past so there's no point in dwelling on it there of course are definitely times in your life that you know you'll look back I'll look back and think man if if only I had moved to LA sooner, if only I had maybe not gone to a university and I'd just come straight out to LA or Atlanta or New York City, maybe I would be further along in my career. I think that's a dangerous game to play because Mm -hmm. that's not where you're at. And you can't really compare where you're at now to a fictitious version of your life that you think maybe exists out there somewhere. Yes. So yeah. I try not to do that, um, but you know, I I really think that I'm where I'm at at this time, exactly where I need to be for a reason. I've recently mm. realized I I don't have to rush. You know, there's no point in. I just got out here two months ago. At first, I I had the the feeling like the pressure of oh I need to get on set like I haven't been on set yet I've only been here a month but you know still I should be doing stuff. No, I, I'm also working a full time job. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm yeah absolutely an income that way. So like I can't just drop everything and and be a freelance filmmaker right now. But next weekend I am working on a commercial um, as a camera utility. So it's it's working out in the way that it needs to. And I find most of the time in my life, if I just do the work of preparing myself for the opportunity, that opportunity will come. You know, I don't have mm-hmm. to force it, but I also don't just like sit back and say, oh yeah, whatever, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. No, like you, you do have to do the work. You have to prepare yourself to be ready when that call comes because it will eventually and you want to be ready for it 
but I, yeah, I try not to think about regret or, oh, is there a different route I could have taken? Of course, everyone, everyone could take different routes in their lives and you never know where you're going to, to lead, but I'm here now and I'm, I'm feeling successful because I've brought myself to this point. Um, success to me is not, you know, achieving an Oscar by age 30 or being the first female director to do blah, 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 blah. For me, success right now just looks like making the connections, working in the industry that I love, and honestly, just having good friendships. That's also a really important part of life that maybe people (laughs) overlook sometimes. Career is important, obviously, but what's it all for if you don't have people around you to, to celebrate with and to be there for you when you hit your low points. Um, so I know that's kind of a broad, vague answer about success and regret, but they're all so interwoven and life is just such a crazy tangled mess sometimes that it's really just nice to step back and say, okay, this is where I'm at today and I'm proud of myself, you know? <laughs> no, that that's an amazing, I feel like I was like, that was just so many good sound bites. <laughs> like every sentence you just said <laughs> so <was> amazing. <laughs> no, oh, I love good. that take on it too. Yeah. And I think I totally agree, especially with what you said just about friendship too. And like, I think that's like something that I'm really passionate about is like having healthier communities too, like where we're living and like having healthy friendships. And I think that especially just in our society right now, that's such an easy thing to overlook for career, which I'm the same way. Like I love my career too, but I also like love my friendships. And I think it's also such an easy thing to overlook when it comes to, to like romantic relationships. Like we kind of forget that friendship is just as important as well. Um, Exactly. So yeah. So I love, yeah, I love what you said about that too, about that being important. And, um, and I, I think, yeah, I like to what you said about like, we can, what if our life forever, right? Like there's so many, what ifs, like, the whole, you know, like the whole like multiverse. If you want to go that route, like there's so yeah. many different in a parallel in universe. Right? Yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was doing this and this. Um, but yeah, 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 so I yeah. Think there's something to be said about yeah, about just the success of like being satisfied too and being content with where we're at and where we're going and all of that. And like we can have goals, but we can also love where we're at, and those can exist. Yeah simultaneously like it doesn't mean you're not content to have a goal but it also doesn't mean that you have to yeah be totally focused in the future for sure Um, you can be content but not stagnant you know Mm. just being I'm gonna put that on my wall plateaued (laughs) please do please do yeah no just because (laughs) you're content or feeling fulfilled you it doesn't mean that you've, you've plateaued right because I I've thought that sometimes I'm like, man, have I just plateaued? Am I not where I'm supposed to be? Am I not making enough progress? No, no. Like just because you're content for a season of your life, that doesn't mean you're not going anywhere after that. There's so much more to come. Um, So yeah, content, but not stagnant. That's where I'm at right now. No, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And I think just one thing I would also be like really interested I think I know just to talk like talking about what you have like done so far and accomplished and I think I don't know if like what you I know you mentioned earlier that you worked on the 21 pilots video which is so cool and that you've done like this Nike commercial 
Do you feel like you have a favorite project you've worked on? Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest or the smallest. Like, what's been your favorite thing that you've done so far? Man. Yeah, that's tricky. I, the 21 Pilots live stream might be my favorite just because it was really my first experience um, coming into that space, into that professional world. And that's like also a killer I, first experience. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is like, it's kind of hard to talk. Um, and I grew up listening to 21 Pilots too. Like mm. they were super popular when I was in high school. So there's definitely a moment of like me standing next to Tyler and Josh and just being like, what? How did I get here? How did I get in this room? What, what what's, going, what's on? going on right now? Absolutely. Right. I, think like, I have this. Hello? Yeah. I have this funny memory. I think it was you. I don't know why this stood out so much to me, but I remember one of your Instagram stories and I think Debbie Ryan was in it. I don't know. Is that she true? was? Yes. Okay. Yes. For some reason, um, I don't know why that was, that was like such, I just remember on Instagram and I remember being like, oh my gosh, like, what is she doing? Hannah doing. <laughs> yeah. What is Hannah doing? No, she Debbie... is the coolest person. <laughs> Thank you. I am. Yeah. Gosh, Debbie Ryan is married to the drummer, uh, Josh Dunn, oh, for those yes. of you who don't know. Um, and she's a sweet pea, like so sweet to work with and always went out of her way to say hi Hannah and just like how are you doing and I, I don't know I just thought that was crazy but yeah there was an after party after um we wrapped the whole experience and she was like bedazzling the camera guys she was putting rhinestones on their faces or something and I took a video and posted it on my Instagram like what is that the world that I'm living in it was so, so funny. funny but yeah I, oh, that was I probably that probably my favorite so far um also the the dp that i worked with on that nico was just phenomenal and i learned so much from him and he trusted me mm. with so much right off the bat um i ended up pulling iris which is it's called shading it's when you you're pulling the iris on on cameras to adjust like the light okay. that's coming into the cameras right and i was doing that for the live stream concert and also a Jimmy Fallon show. I had no right to be doing that. You know, like I had so never cool. touched that before in my life. <laughs> right? But he was like, no, you can do this. Oh, I, I love the casual drop of the, oh, I was doing this for the Jimmy Fallon show. It's casual. Yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, that's doing this over there. So cool. No, Very but cool. it was just, yeah, it was wild. And that all happened in Ohio out of all the places so i don't know wherever you're at in the world fans they'll be friends things. listening <laughs> there yes. will be stuff you just you really gotta look for it you know absolutely yeah oh my goodness that's such a fun story and i just think also as we're like starting to like wrap up a little bit which i've loved hearing about also this, what you've done in your career and these amazing <laughs> yeah. stories too like I'm so excited also just to hear about like what you continue to do and what Thank that all like keeps looking like and the more things you do yeah but I think that I mean and I I mean I don't think I know that our audience is gonna love you and that they're gonna think that you're just the coolest person because I do so I think that they will as well. <laughs> you're so sweet <laughs> you're also no, the coolest absolutely. person Oh, living life you. in Dublin right now. That's crazy. 
Yes. Yeah. It's been good so far. So we'll hope that that, that keeps going. Um, but Absolutely. I think just like for our, yeah, for our audience to get to know, I guess you like get to know Hannah a little bit more. Is there something like new that you've been really interested personally in lately? Um, and like, what is it? Mm-hmm. And how can our listeners get involved too? If it's something, yeah. Like, what would that be for you? Like a new hobby or music That's- or kind of anything very open yeah um new hobby let's see I have recently gotten back into Shakespeare is that a hobby okay no yeah I, it's kinda I weird. think it can be for sure no 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 I love that like right, yeah. Shakespeare plays no. or Shakespeare like books like what kind of Shakespeare? yes 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 um I <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm also a huge Shakespeare nerd, so I've, okay. I've recently gotten back into reading some of his plays, and I I really want to get back into acting, like theatrical acting for, for Shakespearean stuff. Mm, um, I love that. It's kind of hard to find that, actually, in LA, because it's all professional or semi-professional, and I just want to So there's not quite fun. as much amateur. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. No. I've been wanting, been missing acting as well. Like, I used to act all throughout high school. Yeah. And I was I was thinking about wanting right? to get back into it. A little different than Shakespeare. It's such a fun outlet. Similar, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But it's such yeah. a good, fun, healthy outlet to just, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, pour yourself I mean, into yes. something for a time. It's Absolutely. Great. So I mean, it's I'm one of my I'm best friends like through, like, theater. Yeah, I yes. love that. It's so yes. fun. Um, other than that, I've I've been writing um, a script, a short script that mm. is actually a super short script. It's only three pages long, and okay. I am really, really hoping to direct it this year. So very cool. Very cool. In that, yeah, it's um, it's based off of a poem called "Sea of Strangers" by Lang Lee. Okay, I don't know if you've heard of her. If you haven't please read her poetry she's amazing um okay i actually a, i have heard of her poet. i have not read anything yeah. by her but i've heard of her yeah okay sea of strangers yeah. is one of my favorite and i just remember reading it and getting all of these images and the story that's kind of personal but also just shared humanity mm-hmm. these kinds of experiences at, at lost chances with love and I just I read that poem and it inspired me to write a short script. So, like I said, hopefully I can I can produce and direct that sometime this year. And I think it's something people will really resonate with. But we'll see. Absolutely. We'll see. It's in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you ever need anyone to proofread your script, send it over to me because I would love that. Absolutely, but... <laughs> I would love that too. Yes. Or I will definitely be keeping an eye out or let me know whenever it comes out because I will be very interested in watching yeah. it. So definitely Absolutely. keep us up, updated. Keep we, can let, we can let our audience know too, for sure, when it comes out. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah. Hot so new single think... just released. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So just as we're wrapping up, yeah, do you have any... Um, I know that a lot of times our audience likes to be able to connect with the people that we have on our show or kind of get to follow your journey as you're doing your life or you're keeping going in your career. Do you have any social handles or anything that they 
can connect with you on there or do you have like yeah. I know you said you have this hopefully this thing you're doing this year but do you have like anything else that you've had out previously you want to plug now's the time <laughs> so if you have any of that they'd Listen, love to hear it, I'm sure. I don't know if you all want to watch my first ever Lord of the Rings film it's a mess <laughs> I, I would like to watch uh, it <laughs> it's so funny it's really cute to watch it now <laughs> But no, I I am on Instagram. That's pretty much, that's really the only social media that I I keep up with. Um, Okay. My handle is banana underscore Harlow because everybody in college called me Banna Harlow instead of Hannah Barlow. And then it just, it morphed into banana Harlow. I I, I don't know. I've never changed it. So that's my handle. No, I love that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It is what it is. You know, sometimes you just call people by their Instagram handle in person because it just fits. So absolutely in my case. Yeah, but absolutely. Um, If anyone ever also wants to reach out, DM me, ask for advice, set up a phone call about filmmaking or life. I'm, I'm always happy to do that. Like I, I really want to give back and pour into people the same way others poured into me. So yes, please give me a follow, reach out. I'm happy, happy to answer any questions or, you know, any advice. I'm here for it. Well, that's such a huge offer too on your side. And I hope that someone takes you up on it for sure in our audience, because I know that I would love to, and I'm sure that you are, would be an amazing just connection and network connection to have just in film and everything. That is so sweet. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Thank you again so much to Hannah for just kind of sharing a little bit about what you're doing and just like kind of some tips to get into the film industry. I think it was really, it was really exciting for me to get to hear like some things that you've been doing. And I know that if I was stepping into wanting to be in the film industry again, that all that advice you gave would be super, super helpful to me. Um, so I'm Good. super excited. I'm glad. For <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm super excited for our audience just to get to hear you um and everything and yeah thank you again so much for being a part of this podcast and yeah i'm excited for everyone but thanks again we appreciate it absolutely thank you yeah have a great rest of your day absolutely rather i guess it's late we we have a little we have a little bit of a time difference me and hannah right now so minor minor time difference just a minor eight hours nothing no biggie there yeah Yeah, no big deal (laughs) well jenny girlies this is maddie and hannah signing off for this episode but we'll catch you next time and as always if you want to connect with Gen Z girlies on instagram for Twitter or TikTok, we'll have those up at Gen Z Girlies Podcast, and you can always connect with us there. Um, and I think we also have our email and our Instagram bio, so you should be able to email us, um, and we'd love to hear from you. But until next time, signing off.